there's nothing more important than hearing God's voice, and we're in Luke chapter 8, Luke chapter 8. So if you already found the notes, you already had it, right? Uh, but I don't know how many people use it, whether it's worth all the trouble to put it on there. But So use it. Come on. It's a hassle getting all that on there. Now, there's not a lot on there, but it'll give you something to work with, something to take with you. Um, Luke chapter 8. Now, I'm going to read verses 16 through 21. But if you're looking at Luke chapter 8, now I want you to get your Bible open. Um, if you don't have yours, look on with someone. Or if you've got your Bible app, just don't get distracted by pop-ups, all right? Stay with it. Stay in the Word. But I want you to look at this because in Luke chapter 8, he tells a story about how that Jesus is traveling about and there's a great crowd gathered and uh, people from town and after town, uh, people from all over, they came and Jesus spoke to them using a parable. Now, as we used to say in Sunday school, a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And, and that's true. I mean, it's really using word pictures to take something we're familiar with and relate a truth uh, that we need to learn. And that's what Jesus does in this famous parable that we call the sower and the seed. You remember he told about how the sower went out to sow, and as he sowed some of the feed, the seed actually, he's broadcasting it. Some of it landed on the path or on the, on, on the roadway that's hard packed. And um, as that happened, it's, he said that um, it was trampled underfoot and birds of the air came and ate it. And some fell on the rocky places, which is a thin topsoil with rock underneath. And, but, uh, it, you know, he said that uh, it grew up, but then it withered away because it didn't have any moisture. And some fell among the weeds or the thorns, and um, it grew, but then it got choked out. And some fell in the good soil and yielded uh, fruit. It, it produced grain, grew, says, a hundredfold. So uh, then after he said that in verse 8, he said, Something that Jesus said a lot. He said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Okay? So think about that. So, so what I want you to see is this whole passage of teaching is about hearing from God. Lord willing, in the next few weeks and on Wednesday night, so this coming Wednesday is our big summer lift night, and we're going to have kids, we're going to have meal at 6, we're going to have a lot of stuff going on. But I'm going to go ahead and do it. I'm doing my adult class, and we're going to be taking another part of this. It's going to be continued on Wednesday night in my class, all right? So there's a plug for you to wallow around in your mind, okay? Think on that, all right? So Jesus has told, he says, if you've got ears and you're willing to hear, listen to what I'm saying. Now, this kind of is a reference back to what Isaiah said, and Jesus quotes him from time to time, where Isaiah said that these people have ears but don't hear. They have eyes but they don't see, right? And the thing about it is, if you don't want to hear, you won't hear. So basically he's saying, if you want to listen, if you want to get this, pay attention. You got to hear, as we say back in the old CB days, y'all got your ears on? You need to tune in. Right? Tune in to what he's saying. Then he explains what that parable is about. And guess what? It applies here. Now, what I want to read is actually verse 16. You ready to read with me? So, in verse 16, he continues on. He says, No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to the light. 
Listen to this part. Take care then how you hear. For to the one who has more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he thinks he has will be taken away. And I want to include this next part because right about that time, it says in uh, the next verse, he says, Then his mother and brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, verse 20, Your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered them, "My Listen to this. My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Okay? Let's pray again. Father, help us to take your word and apply it to our lives. Help us to properly hear it and understand it. And then, Lord, to, to, you're going to give us the strength, Lord. It's, it's, it's not just that we're reading these things and trying to learn. The author, you, oh God, actually lives in us to help us and equip us to carry this out. So we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. So one of the most incredible truths that comes out of the Bible is that God speaks to people. People like all of us. You think about the God that spoke the universe into existence wants to speak to you. And the reason that these things were written and preserved for us today is that God wants to speak to you. He saw to it that his word was copied down, written down, and is preserved, and we have it today. He really, really wants to speak to you. And as I said, Wednesday night, we're going to talk about how to recognize God's voice. But today, I just want to stick with this right here about how, the, and we'll talk about Wednesday night, the primary way he speaks to us is through his written word that he has inspired and we have. This is the primary way. And all through the Bible, you have this phrase, and the Lord said, and the Lord said. He wants to, and the one reason he wants to speak to us is he wants to have a relationship with us. That's what God desires more than anyone, anything. He wants to have a relationship with you that is personal and deep. And a vital part of any relationship is... I mean, you can say something if you want. Hey, you got it. Ding, ding, ding. Communication. Communication is vital. Where there's no communication, there really can't be much relationship. I mean, you can know who someone is, but you can't really know them unless you have communication. And, uh, and, and, and uh, so the problem with communication is, is that even when there is communication, it can be misunderstood, right? I mean, perhaps you've seen this in some of your own relationships. If you don't have good communication with your spouse, you don't have very good relationship. But even when there is communication, sometimes, and I can only speak from my perspective, okay? So men, you're going to have to get in here behind me, help me out, back me up here. And sometimes your wife says, uh, says, says they, okay, let me say this. Let me get my tongue, und- I mean, I'm getting nervous all of a sudden. There's times your wife says things, and A, you don't hear it. Has that ever happened, women? How many times, like, I just, I told you, you told me? You kidding me? I don't remember you. Has it happened to you yet, Kelly? 
No, yeah, okay, yeah. It's like, <laughs> I told you. It's like, I, I don't remember you saying that. But over time, my theory is, is that the receptors in our ears where their voice wavelength is kind of gets worn out and things. So maybe you don't. Uh, and Chris and I, uh, one of the uh, seminars I went to, Mark Gunger was teaching, and he has books out on this. But he talks about how that, that the male brain, uh, by and large, is different. There's effects of testosterone on us, and our, our minds are more segmented. We kind of focus on one thing at a time where women have more connectors between the halves and the parts of their brain, and they can analyze and multitask better than what we can, uh, and that men actually, you know, they may be focused on, on uh, the, the scores that are popping up on the news. They may be reading something, we're in, and, and you speak, but we're in a different box in our brain. So, yeah, you, you cut us some slack. We try, you know. Uh, <laughs> we, amen, we try. Or, or they say something, and, and even though you hear it, you don't understand it properly. And I thought I told you that I wanted that. Oh, you meant today? I, I misunderstood you. Um, so here's the deal. Uh, Curtis says, this is where I'm quoting you, okay? I told him, can I quote you today and kind of make something up? Because I'm pretty sure it's something you would say. And I, I think he has said it. So I'm, it's like Curtis says... <laughs> Men, there are two things you need to understand about women. And nobody has a clue what they are. <laughs> so if I can have that much trouble communicating with, or if you can have that much trouble communicating with your spouse, men, with your wife, whom you've lived with for years, perhaps, whom you know and whom you, whom you love, then it can be expected that you may also have difficulty communicating and, and hearing God and understanding God. Right? Communication. Uh, so today we're going to learn about listening to God and how to be careful how we hear. Because some people just aren't getting it. Some people just don't want to listen. Some people are just so focused on themselves. Or some people, they're just not getting around to hearing God at all. Then there's other people who will go around always constantly and kind of overuse, the, not that I've never said this, but they overuse the phrase, God told me. Well, God told me. God told me. I mean, they're going to Walmart. Well, God told me that I should. And, and, and they kind of like go, I think to me, go a little bit over with that. Because I think there's some things they may be saying God told them that the Lord's saying, I didn't have anything to do with that, right? That was all you, right? And I've also learned in being a pastor, you know, at, at different things that I feel strongly about that, um, that God's impressed on me. I try to be careful about not pulling that one. Because sometimes whenever I say, well, God told me, and then like, uh, that, that we should do this. And so it's like, well, if that's true, then you really can't argue with me because I'm right. Because God told me. So I learned that the time I told Clarissa, God told me that I should buy a new motorcycle. <laughs> and she said, does the Bible not say that Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light to deceive us? So you have to kind of be careful with that, but the truth is God does speak to us, okay? All right, so I, I and, and usually whenever I'm talking, uh, I've learned through the years, like if, if our board is together where I really feel strongly about something, I try to say, you know, as I've prayed about this and thought about it, I feel like God is leading me in this direction. God may have spoken this to me, but, but I, I feel like it, but to be sure, because if this is what he wants, he's not just going to tell me, he's going he's to work in your hearts as well. 
so that I don't end up saying, well, God said we should do this, so if you're against my idea, then you're obviously not listening to God. Now, I might be the one that's not listening to God. And then there's times that people, and different ones of you, you may uh, want us to pray together and talk together, and sometimes about a problem or some decisions you're having to make. Sometimes maybe I can be a help in finding scripture that gives us principles, but sometimes people mistakenly have the idea that I've got some kind of, where I always hear, sometimes I don't have a clue either. The Lord wants us just to work through it, amen? It's a process. So there's quite a few things involved in hearing God's voice and understanding what he wants us to do. Um, So there are those times that God not only speaks through his scriptures, but if you're following him, you're saved, his presence is living in you, the Holy Spirit, and you're you're listening to his word, there there are those times that, that God will impress into your heart and in your mind certain or specific, very specific things. And, and it's in a way so that you have no doubt that this is from God. And you know specific directions that he wants to take, wants you to take in your daily life. That's what we're interested in. That's what we're talking about. And you recognize his voice. That's just like when my wife calls me on the phone and I, and now we've all got like cell phones and we have caller ID now. But even if we didn't, when I hear her voice, I don't be like, now who is this? In fact, it might not go well if I approached it that way. I may try that this week, just see how it goes, but you'll be ready for it. Um, But no one has to tell me, she doesn't have to say who she is. There's certain ones of you that I've talked to a lot, that when I hear your voice, um, you don't have to tell me who you are. And I call you, and you hear my voice so much, sometimes you think too much, that you know who I am just but, and so what I'm saying is you should be familiar with God's voices that, like Jesus said, you know, my sheep hear my voice. They know me, that you know his voice. And um, so I'm, I'm going to start, um, when, I, when I call people, I'm just going to start using some kind of accent, I think. Is that all right? Not an Arkansas accent. I mean, like some other kind of accent. So I'm going to work on that this week, okay? Just, just a random thought that come out before I could stop it. I'm sorry. And we need to be careful with this, though, is because there are a lot of other voices out there. There are a lot of other voices, and we need to be very careful uh, that we're hearing God's voice. Because as I mentioned, it is true, Satan likes to make you think it's God when it might actually even be him. He'll disguise himself. So there are a lot of times we're not getting it as far as listening to God. And so I got some illustrations here. Because sometimes whenever we're even preaching and stuff, uh, I look out there and sometimes I can see it, sometimes I can't. I can't read on the outside what's actually happening on the inside. But some of us inside are like this. Um, we're, we're really not getting, we're like that. I mean, that's kind of it. Just kind of like, might be listening, might not, might be dreaming, might be in la-la land. And then there's times I look out there and it's more like this. It's kind of like I hear you, but I don't get it, Right? Um, but then there are others that I really worry about. There are, there are times in our lives that we just try to run from God. We do not want to hear. We're not just asleep. We just actively do not want to try to, we try to avoid what God is trying to show us and tell us. And we end up like this. We have the head stuck in the sand. You ever notice if you just stick your head in the sand, what kind of tempting target that presents for the devil right there? Yeah, what we want before God 
is to be like this and have our ears on and be ready to hear and be ready to receive and ready to respond because the truth is if God, who knows all things, knows that you're not listening and not going to obey when you do hear something or you're going to just be too confused because you don't want to get in relationship with him and get in the word and figure it out, why should he tell you? Why should he, why should he speak to you? So here, we're going to get into Jesus' words about how to hear from God. He said to be careful, or the old translation says, take heed how you hear. Be careful how you hear. This whole passage is about listening. Um, that's why he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, this parable of the sower and seed isn't just, the soil doesn't just represent the condition of the heart, but you need to know in their culture, the heart actually referred to the mind as well as the feelings. Many times in their culture, when, they, when we talk, well, let me back up. When we talk about emotions and feelings, we talk about our heart. It wasn't quite that way in their culture. And you need to know this if you're going to properly understand the scripture and from the context in which it was written. Um, it's more about your mind and your thinking when it's talking about the heart. Many times when they were talking about emotions, you remember what it was? It's the gut, the bowels. In fact, the old King James will talk about bowels of compassion. And as a little kid, I always get tickled when I hear that. Uh, but that's the original Greek word literally means that. You, and you think about it, when you really feel something, you feel it right in the pit of your stomach. And, and that's, that's, the, that's the feeling there. Um, I remember when um, we were in New Guinea on the mission trip and that, that their affection was, was, they thought it was all affection like that was in the liver. Right? You know? And, and that's weird to me. Instead of the heart. We think it's the heart. Yeah? And, but liver? I mean, you know, how cool would have been, you know, when Zach first met Mishaya, if he would have said, you know, you made my liver do a flip. Right? <laughs> that's better than bowels. Anyway, right. Oh, yeah, right, okay, yeah. So anyway, um, he, the wheels are turning now. He's thinking about it. <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is when Jesus was talking about the heart condition, it, it, it involved hearing. Are you hearing me? This all involves your mind and your heart and hearing God's voice. I want to show it to you because how can I hear from God? First thing. Oh, uh, is that we cultivate an open mind. And Jesus has already spoken about that because we go right back to verse 12. And he says, when he's telling this parable, he says that the ones, he's explaining about the seed that fell on the path. He said, the ones along the path are those who have, you see that word? Heard. They heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts that they may not believe and be saved. They heard, but their hearts were hard and calloused, and they did not really want to hear. Came in contact with it, but it didn't get down in there. You've got to be open. You've got to be receptive. You have to want to hear what God wants to say to you, even if it makes you uncomfortable. Um, so there's no shortcut around the Word of God. So a lot of times I'm just wanting God to speak me. I want to speak to me. I want God to lead me. And one of the first things is if there are principles of Scripture that God wants me uh, to, to pay attention to in this situation, then one of the first things the Holy Spirit's going to do is try to take me to His Word and get in there where it's right here. 
So a lot of times we're too lazy to do that. We want God to just write it on the wall. We want to just hear some message from heaven or something like that. Uh, but the Holy Spirit will start leading you and will maybe do whatever he's got to do to get you by yourself and in the Word or paying attention at church even maybe or in Bible class, Sunday school, Bible study. You know what I'm saying? Get into the Word. But besides that, to be open to listen to how he speaks to you in various ways. We're going to talk about more. Guess when? Wednesday night, okay? 6.30, right here. Some aren't going to listen, and some just aren't open to the possibility of God speaking to them. And there's, there could be times, you could be saved even, you could have received the gospel of salvation, but there may be areas in your life that you don't really want to listen to God. I know there's been that way in my life at times. There are a lot of reasons for that. Some of it, we could be a lot of things. This could be a, a, another sermon right here. It could be pride. It is, I don't want to hear from God because I think I know what to do in this area of my life. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm understanding this properly, but, but it's really the way I want to see it and the way I want to do it. And we're really not wanting to listen to God because we already have our minds made up. So it could be pride. Um, it could be fear. I'm afraid of what God's going to call upon me to do. God's only going to call upon you to do what's going to be most awesome. So fear, that's a tool the enemy uses. Or it could be bitterness from something just not going the way you want it to go. Could be some of those things. But we have to cultivate an open mind. You want to hear from God? You have your heart, your mind open. Are you listening? Got those big ears out there? Secondly, we have to take time to listen. Take time to listen. You go back to the story Jesus just told and we see this about the seed that fell upon the stony or the rocky ground, which wasn't just like rocky like what we have in Missouri, that our good soil just produces rocks over and over. This was, this was soil that was a thin topsoil layer and then solid rock underneath. Now, because it was shallow, it was rich topsoil, and if there was moisture, there was moisture there available, but then it didn't take long before it dried out. You get the picture? And so he says this in verse 13, And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, there's our word again, see it? They hear the word, receive it with joy. Man, they're all excited. They're up on their feet, raise their hands, praising God, excited. But these have no root. It's all outward. There's nothing deep. And they believe for a while, and then in time of testing, they dry up. They fall away. Now, the thing about it is, to let the Word of God soak in and get deep takes time. That's why we put on there, take time. If you're going to really hear from God, you just, I mean, there's no shortcuts. We want little sound bites. We want 30-second reels. We can't stick with anything. This is where discipline is going to have to come in in our lives. You've got to take time. Otherwise, it's just superficial. You might get excited about it today, but by Tuesday, you've pretty much forgotten all about it. We've got to slow down. We've got to allocate time purposely in our life to let those roots go deep, to get in the Word, to get involved in Bible studies, to meditate on the things even that we're talking about right now later. It takes commitment. Sometimes we need to write some thoughts down. You know what they say? The shortest pencil is longer than the longest memory. I find that I do need to write things down. And there's times I'm preparing for a message and I'll go back for some oats. Uh, oats. 
Maybe I need some for my brain to work right. Some notes. Uh, I'll look back at some notes that I had from a long time ago, and I'll be like, huh, I forgot I had that thought. And I have a whole conversation with myself. Well, hey, Melvin, I'm impressed by that. Why, thank you. I thought I would just write this down for myself later. Well, thank you, past self. This is my present self. For No, I'm just being weird but, um, or normal. Uh, but that's what I, sometimes I'm like, you know, under conviction because it's like, I heard this, had this thought, God revealed this to me, I wrote it down, and then I've slipped. And um, I need to deal with this. Write it down. Keep a journal. Hey, right there in the app, you can put some uh, extra notes in there. Go back over them, save them. Okay. We've got to have a strategy, okay? Because I'll guarantee you this, Satan has a strategy to distract you. Okay? All right. So we've got to take time. Then the next thing as we go through the, the, the list is eliminate distractions. Once again, going back to the story that's connected to this that Jesus just told in verse 14, we remember about the seed that fell among the thorns. Well, then he explains it in verse 14. He says, as for what fell among the thorns are those who, what? Hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. They are not fruitful. And, and so, so you've got to give God a chance. You, you never get a busy signal when you pray and talk to God, but it's like God's always getting busy signals when he's trying to speak to you and get you to listen to him. How is it we're too busy for the God who gives us every breath we take? So we wonder, wonder why God's not speaking to us. I just never hear anything from God. God's not the problem. You are. Don't want to hear that. Close it up. We need to hear it. Our, crowded, our mind is crowded with too many other things. He mentions just three here, uh, cares and riches and pleasures. Well, cares, the uh, Greek word that's translated cares there that was originally written, is one that really means to be divided. Our minds are all divided and going pull different directions in so many things. You know what? I found if I, if I spend as much time talking to God about my worries as I do worrying about it, I don't worry about it so much. And if it's the devil trying to tempt me to be upset and worry about it, and when that comes, when he begins to put those thoughts in my mind about being worried, it's not that the whole thing just goes away, but if being worried, if I just turn to pray and I keep praying about it, then I'll know that if it is just the devil that's trying to tempt me to worry, and he finds out after a while that every time I try to put these thoughts in his mind, he just goes to prayer, I maybe need to back off. See what I'm saying? We're not going to get it, like I said, in those short little sound bites. We've got to tune in. We've got to, and so these are things that, that will, will crowd out. Riches, that is, you really don't have time for God. Uh, there's a couple of things we're seeking. So people, people seek after riches because of, of, they say, two things. Stuff, we want more stuff. We just want more stuff. Or security, or both. We just want to have enough so that I know that I'm Okay. And we just never have enough. We've got to chase after all these things and we don't have time to listen for God. And besides, the thing about it is, if you have all this stored up so you feel secure, 
I mean, you're still going to die and leave it behind. And then your kids probably fight over it and destroy themselves. Or if they don't fight over it, they take it and then blow it and maybe mess themselves up. Who knows? I'm not saying don't plan ahead. I'm, I'm not, not at all. I'm just saying that can't be the focus of your life. That riches, that the desire to have stuff or to have security, it crowds out you listening to God. That's what he's talking about here. And then pleasures, that, that, that we forget about God because we're all wrapped up in other things that we enjoy, okay? Well, um, I enjoy hearing from God. How about you? Huh? But now it's not that all pleasures are bad, but even things that are good can become bad when they keep us from hearing from God and knowing God and serving God. So keep that in mind. Okay, one more. He says, uh, well, the next thing is not only to eliminate distractions, but to cooperate with what he says. That's what we have to do. So if we want to hear from God, cultivate an open mind, take time, eliminate distractions, and then be willing to do what it is he says. Like, like we mentioned, and we're going to mention it again, if God already knows that even if he did write it on the wall, you're not going to listen and you're not going to obey, then why should he even tell you? Oh, the verse. Verse 15. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing, see it? Hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. Whew, that's deep. This is the willing heart. And he promises that if you have this, listen, you will be fruitful. You will be productive. That's what he promises. All right, so what happens when I hear carefully like this? What happens when I do this? First of all, let's go on the verses that I actually read. I go fast. I hear evangelistically. Look what he said in verse 16. He said, no one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. So here's the thing. When I learn to truly listen to God, the light bulbs come on. God lights a light in me. Huh? Now, Jesus loved to use the illustration of light. He used it so many times, like, you're the light of the world. And you don't just light a lamp and then, and then snuff it out or put it under a bed. I mean, you know, the beds then weren't up on, on, on something like what ours are. They were pallets on the floor. So if you put it under the bed, it was pretty much going to snuff it out, right? That's crazy. I mean, Jesus is using exaggeration here. It's kind of funny. Put it, light a light and put it under the mattress? That's crazy. No, you wouldn't do that. You put it on a lampstand so other people can see. So here's the thing, you, not only so that you see, but how about this? So you're hearing me, you're being fruitful, so you can be a light to those who enter, that they may see the light. You can be a light to others. That's part of it. It's evangelistically. It's sharing the good news from your life to others. If you try to hide it, it makes no sense. And if you try to hide it, it may snuff it out. That's why Jesus said this in Matthew 10, 27. Whatever I tell you in the dark, you're listening, God's speaking to you, and you're hearing his voice. He said, speak in the light. And what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. This is too good to keep to yourself. See, God wants to do things in your life that you share with others. And then in 1 Peter 2, 9, he tells us that you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. You're, you're kings and priests, a holy nation. A people for his own possession. That's what you are. Those of you who are in Christ, you're, you're belonging to that. Why? 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 That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his, what? Marvelous light. 
I want to proclaim the light. So I hear evangelistically. I'm hearing so I can be a light to others. And then look at this next verse. He says this. I hear authentically. Watch this. Verse 17. For nothing is hidden that will not be... This is the very next verse. Nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest or revealed. Nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. This light from God reveals my true heart condition. Does it not? Yeah, it does. Uh, For the purpose... God wants to expose and deal with sin in my life. The stuff I don't want to see, but when I'm hearing from God, it exposes it, does it not? He wants you to be the real deal and not a hypocrite. Now, there may be a difference in some people on how they conduct themselves on the outside and then what they're really like on the inside. And God says, I don't want that from you. I want all of that to be, to be brought out. God's word throws the light on things. And we need to examine ourselves. Am I the real thing? He wants us to be real. And that's what he's saying here. So I, when I hear like this, I hear evangelistically. I hear authentically. But I also hear fruitfully. Next verse. Listen to what he says. Take care then how you hear. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks he has will be taken away. As you become more receptive to God's voice in your life and you keep his word, he promises something. There will be more. That's what he's saying. There's going to be more. You have. And he knows he can trust you to listen. He's going to reveal more. So here's a point that I've come to in my life way too many times is that I'm really wanting to get direction and insight from God. And it seems like I'm hitting a brick wall. Somebody needs to hear this besides just me. And they probably didn't even show up today. But anyway, you're here. It might not be you. And it's like finally I hear something clearly from God in my heart. And the Holy Spirit brings to my mind something that he's brought up previously that I have failed to listen to or obey and as I'm seeking direction in this area it's just as clear as a bell I understand from God that until I deal with this I'm not going to hear a word about this other thing in other words if you want to know this next step why don't you go back and obey the last step I gave you you're trying to hop over Because the Lord is determined that the thing he wants most for you and I is Christ-likeness. He wants to make us holy. And he never gives up. And he just keeps on loving us. So why would God reveal more of his truth if we're not willing to obey what we already know? We keep saying that over and over again. So listening to God will constantly change my life. And he will add more and more. This is the abundant life that he talks about in John 10.10. I've come that may, may have life and have it more abundantly. So those who really don't listen, even what they think they have, what they think they know, will be taken away. They'll just keep getting more and more off track because you're not listening. You're just going to keep getting further away. When Jesus was telling that parable of the talents, that was kind of his point in Matthew 25, 29, and 30. He said, for to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, not willing to obey, not willing to listen, even what he has will be taken away. But he didn't stop there. He says in verse 30, And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's the end result of those who reject hearing from God. One more, okay? I hear obediently. 
I hear obediently. When I take heed how I hear, it's also that I hear obediently. We've been implying this the whole time because I get this from verse 19 through 21. Something happened just then. As he was using this object lesson and teaching this, please stay with me for just another minute. Uh, Jesus' mother and brothers were coming in the crowds trying to see Jesus and word reached him that they were there. Now, if you grew up in a tradition, which some of you did, that worships Mary, it shows that that's not what the Bible teaches or that the perpetual virginity of Mary, that's not what the Bible teaches because they had other children and they're right here with her, okay? So I, I, I know some grew up with that and struggle with that, but I want to stick with what does the Bible actually teach? So Mary's there. Obviously, Joseph has passed from the scene, but the other children that were born after Jesus, his brothers were there. They were wanting to see him. And it seems like he disrespected them, but he's not. It's not that he dishonored his mother or brothers here. He's making a point. And his point is this. My mother and brothers are those who hear my word and do it. So he's saying relationship. You want to know who my real family is? Those who are careful how they hear and listen to my word, my voice, and then do what I say. That's my real family. That's the point he's trying to make. He wasn't disrespecting them at all. That's what lies at the heart of a true relationship with Jesus and being careful how you hear. Jesus' family consists of those who hear God's word, but they just don't stop there. They don't just hear it. They desire to do it. Now, I can't say that I'm being 100% obedient to everything I've heard from him, but is that my desire? Am I, am I open to letting him help me get there? That's why he says, James 1.22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. God help us take inventory of our own hearts and minds right now and what we're doing with the truth that God has given to us. How are you hearing? Now, I'm going to pray, and um, I'm going to ask you to stand, if you would. I'm going to ask some of our prayer team leaders. Doug, if you and Jared would come up.